Hello, it's Matt here. Welcome to our All Age Service for September. Hope you've had a good holiday, good summer break, and as we begin to get back into things, uh, that you're finding your way well. Uh, I don't know if you can hear in the in the background. Uh, I've got uh, waves breaking on the shore because I'm actually sitting on the beach uh, on the Isle of Wight at the end of my holiday as I record this. And uh, as I do every time when I uh, am on holiday. Uh, I, you have that moment where you realise you've got to come home and you've got to go back to work or go back to school. And uh, I don't know about you, but that's all, always a bit of a moment of uh, dread and um, you kind of wonder what it'd be like to live on holiday this whole time, uh, the whole time and not have to go back to work. But it's something that we have to do. And uh, and so you find yourself asking, oh, why why do I have to work? I mean, apart from the obvious thing of uh, needing some money to pay for my, uh, your life and your food and everything. Why do, why do I have to work? I don't know if you've, uh, maybe you go to school. Why do I have to go to school? What's the, what is the point? Well, that's what we want to look at, at uh, in our all age service for this month. And Naaman's going to be talking a bit more about that in just a bit. Uh, but what is the point? Why do we work? And what does God think about work? What does God have to do with what's going on? Whether we're at school, we're at a, a work, we're working for ourselves, uh, we are doing voluntary work, or we're taking time out to take care for our kids, or uh, maybe we're in search of work, whatever our situation, or maybe you've uh, reached a grand old age that's um, enabled you to retire. Whatever it is that we're doing, what is the point? Why do we go about doing that? And what does the Bible have to say about work and uh, and everything that we do? So that's what we're going to be thinking about. And uh, as we start this new academic year, we're going to be thinking and praying for uh, our young people as they've returned to school, those who are off to university, and all of the different jobs that people do. We're going to be thinking about that during our service. So I encourage you to pray for those people as they get back to things as well. Thanks. So we're thinking today about going back to school, going back to work. Uh, there are all sorts of different work. There's uh, paid work, there's volunteering, there's caring for family members or for children. And for some of us, uh, we might be retired or work is not an option because of physical ill health or mental health difficulties. Um, we're going to just take some time to pray for uh, people in all those different groups today. Father God, we pray for all of our children at primary school and secondary school. We thank you that they have the opportunity to have the education that they do uh, in a world where we know that that is not the same for everyone. We know that there can be challenges at school, Lord, and particularly in the area of friendships, um, and I want to pray for all of our children and young people that they would know first and foremost that they are loved by you and that they would have that secure foundation every time they go off to school. And I pray that you will help them to uh, love others as well, even when it's difficult. And I pray too for all of our young people who are at college or at university, maybe returning or going for the first time. I pray, Father, that you will protect them and that you will keep them safe. 
I pray, Lord, that you'll provide them with really good, solid friendships, um, even that they might meet some Christians that they can connect with. I pray, Lord, that you will help them to grow their faith, to lean on you, especially when challenges come. And I pray, Lord, that you will help them to study well and to focus um, when there are so many distractions. And Lord, we pray today for all of those who are not working, whether that's through um, physical ill health or mental health difficulties. I pray, Lord, that they would know that their value is in you and not in the things that they do or achieve. We pray, Lord, for help and healing with the challenges with our bodies and our minds. We know that your love is for all of us and that your love is powerful and can change our situations. So we ask for help and for peace. And for all of those, Lord, who are working in paid work, we pray, God, that as they are out in the world, as we're called to be, that you will strengthen their faith and that they will know you with them and that they will know that all the work that they do, they do it for you. We pray too for their witness, Lord, that they might have opportunities to talk to their colleagues about their faith and um, that they would have opportunities to demonstrate and to show what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we pray for all those who are volunteering, Lord, or who are caring for family members or for children. We know, Father, that in our world, in our culture, that often that sort of work isn't really valued. We pray again that um, all those who are in those caring roles or in those volunteering roles, that they would know that their value comes from you. We pray that you will help them to work hard, even when it's difficult. And when those challenges come, they will look to you for help. God, we thank you for September. It feels like a bit of a new beginning after the slowdown of the summer. And we pray that we would honour and glorify you in all of the different work that we do, whether that is in the home, outside the home, or whether we're at school. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Schools have started back, colleges have started back, uh, young people are going off to university, workplaces are opening up, and people are facing the dreaded commute again after 18 months of things being very different. And so we want to think a little bit about um, education and work and how we find those things. Often, we face two problems in thinking about these things. One is not being bothered at all. I mean, if you've heard some children when they talk about the school, it's boring. Why do we have to do this? I don't see the point in it. Or sometimes even um, as adults, when we're going through work, we see it as something that we endure and have to get through so that we can do the stuff that really matters so that we can have the money to spend and buy the things that we need or to be able to go off and do the things that we enjoy. And the other problem may be because we invest too much of ourselves into 
um, our school or college or education or into our work. And so we find our value in grades, either thinking ourselves really good and special because we've achieved something great and done really well, or feeling really bad about ourselves because we have not achieved the grades that we hoped. We feel good about ourselves because of the status that we have in our work, because of the kind of work that it is or the position that we've reached in our workplace. Or maybe it's in the fact that people like us and they like what we do or the power that we have in the work. Or perhaps it's simply in the money that we get from it. But ultimately, of course, these things don't uh, really matter. Uh, Ecclesiastes, one of the books in the Bible, puts it this way in chapter two, and it says, what do people get in this life for all their hard work? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief, and even at night their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. Gosh, that's a bit depressing, isn't it, really? But I want to give a couple of quick thoughts about uh, work and education, how we can face them in thinking about them as Christians. And it's from something that Jesus said in Mark chapter 12. And when he was asked about what the most important commandment was, and he said this, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So thinking very quickly about these things and thinking about the fact that Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God. And that's the idea that we express in our church when we say that as a church we're living for God. We want to be putting God first. And in Colossians chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul writes and says, look. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. So love God, put God first. Now in that little part there, Paul is writing to people who are slaves. But it, I think it is applicable to us still. So Greek and Roman thought at the time that he was writing this, looked down on manual labour. That was regarded very much as being low work. The important stuff was philosophy, oratory and politics. This was uh, what respectable Greek and Roman citizens were involved in. Manual labour was for slaves. Um, Greek mythology, for example, has the story of Pandora's box. You may have come across this before. And in the story of Pandora's box, the box is opened and all kinds of evil is let out into the world. Anger, hatred, murder, all of this kind of evil. But in amongst all of that is work. But what Paul says here is that work matters. Not for the sake of your boss, your master, but for the sake of God. Now we can very easily fall into the same kind of trap as the Greeks and the Romans. We value work based upon its prestige um, or based upon how much it pays. If it, if it pays less or if it doesn't involve a degree to do it or if it's physical in nature, then it's easy to um, devalue that work. 
At school, it's easy to fall into the trap of not trying because, well, I'm not going to do this after I've left school. Uh, I'm not going to do this as a job, so why do I need to learn this? And it can feel like with these kind of things that we're not valuing them. But what Jesus called us to do is to see the work that we're engaged in, whether that is at school, whether that is at home, whether that is in the in the workplace as paid employment, whether it's voluntary or whether it's after we've retired, to see that we do it, do it for God and to serve him rather than ourselves. Martin Luther King um, Jr. said this, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets, even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. It's easy to think that we're not as good as certain YouTube stars, or sports stars, or billionaires, or people that we might look up to. But what this verse reminds us is that God sees what we do, and it matters to him. God sees and is interested in your efforts at spelling, and at history, and at maths. God values your hard work in raising children and in cleaning up their mess. God sees when you volunteer and give up your time for helping other people. God sees you when you're working through the drudgery of another spreadsheet. And he values the work that you do. See, Ecclesiastes is right. We can't take anything with us when we go. Even the best stuff that we do doesn't really ultimately make any difference. Unless there is a God. Unless the Bible is true. Then what we do matters. In school, in college, in university, in home, in the workplace. Whether we're employed or unemployed whether we're working or retired, what we do matters because God sees. And so we can give our best because we're doing it for him and for his honour and for his glory. So Jesus says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And that goes into our workplace and what the things that we do in our lives. But also Jesus says, love your neighbour as yourself. How does that work out for us in our work? Well, think for example about the Lord's Prayer and the line in there that says give us today our daily bread now when someone prays that prayer and says give us today our daily bread how is that prayer answered well it's answered by farm labourers who sow crops tend the crops and reap them when they're ripe by the factory workers who produce the fertiliser that goes on the crops to help it to grow and protect it from bugs and things that might eat it. By the miller who grinds the corn into flour. By the baker who makes the flour into bread. By the IT person who works to keep the 
production system from crashing, by the truck drivers who deliver the goods, the shelf stacker in the shop and the assistant at the till who serves you the bread. I don't know if you can remember at the beginning of the pandemic and we had clap for carers and it started out with people coming out onto their doorsteps and clapping for the nurses and doctors in the NHS. People that we regarded as frontline workers in looking after people during this great time of national crisis. But it also developed into something bigger than that too, didn't it? An appreciation of people who kept the country going, the people who worked in the shops, small and big, the factory workers producing the goods and the food that we still needed, and the delivery drivers who came round to give us the things that we bought, or the people who worked in their care home looking after elderly and vulnerable people. I wonder what's happened to that kind of spirit of appreciation now. It's so easy to think that the achievements that matter are the ones that bring us things to our lives. Things like being liked, things like having money and being able to buy stuff, things like having power over others or having fame rather than things that serve others or improve our world. The Bible starts off with a picture of God creating humanity and placing them in a garden. And Adam and Eve in that garden couldn't just sit back. They had to maintain the garden and to look after it and tend it in order to keep it nice. But more than that, they were told to be fruitful and to fill the earth. So the aim was that they would take Eden with them. There's a God-given desire within us to make the world a better place. To have a world where people flourish and thrive and do well and where everything works well together. And our education, our jobs, whether they be in paid employment or not, our talents and our strengths can all fit into that. And so you're not just a housewife or house husband, but you have a divine calling to nurture and care for those in your home. You're not just a road sweeper, but you have a divine calling to care for God's beautiful world. You're not just a bricklayer, but you have a divine calling to provide homes and sanctuary for people. You're not just a lawyer, but you have a divine calling to bring justice into an unjust world. You're not just a manager, but you have a divine calling to bring out the best in the people who are in your team. You're not just a nurse, but you have a divine calling to be an instrument for healing. You didn't just help your neighbour with their shopping, but you have a divine calling to be God's love in action. You're not just a school kid, but you have a divine calling to develop your brain so that you can be used for God's glory. Of course, that's only a fraction of the things that we do. So what do you feel like you just do? And how could you reframe that? 
so that you see what you do as a divine calling by God to be serving others and loving your neighbour. Your education at school or college or university, your volunteering, your work can be a vehicle for God's loving provision in our world. So, remember what Jesus said. The greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbour as yourself. These are the greatest commandments. When we know that we are loved by God, that we really are truly his beloved and that we belong to him, we find true peace and fulfilment in knowing him, in knowing Jesus. And that frees us to be able to love God and love others. That frees us to mean that we don't find our desires have to be met by our work and by the fulfilment through that, but rather we are freed to work for him and for others. So receive today God's love for you and receive today his calling on your life to share that love in the way that you live in your work, in your home, in your school, and in the whole of your life, may God bless you in that. Thank you for joining us. As you go through this week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his love upon you and give you his peace. Amen.